hello friends i'm actually sitting in the car today uh i'm just just switching it up uh last night i was um in the living room well started in the kitchen it was very noisy and a very whispery asmr podcast um and today i have just been to meadow hall i filmed a primark shop with me got it edited and thought you know what i've got an idea of what I want to talk about for the next episode of the podcast. I'm going to make some notes and I thought, yeah, I'm going to just do it right now while I have the impetus to do so. I also wanted to touch on what I talked about in last last night's random episode um, because I did a live this morning while I was getting ready to come out and was kind of a little bit more open, which usually that's the, the vibe here, but I was a little bit more open and said, I kind of did know what was bothering me. You know, I was like, oh, I can't shake it off. Can't shake it off. Don't know what it is. There was something specific that was really bothering me. Um, and something that I was kind of keeping to myself. And I went back to bed and I w- Lee woke up and I was like, mm, he's awake now. Uh, and I was like, oh, I need to talk to you about something because it's really weighing on me. Um, And, you know, it's nothing major. This is always the thing. It's not a huge thing. But if you keep something to yourself, it can become so enormous. And this particular thing was easily solvable. I just kind of needed to share the burden. Sometimes you just need to tell someone, do you know what? This thing that's going on is really stressing me out. This thing, this is not, you know, Vegas related. It's not. It's got something completely different. But this thing in my life is really weighing on me and um I keep a lot of stuff to myself because I don't want to pass that weight on to other people uh, and that's that's why you guys get to hear all of my manic behavior because I I kind of bottle it all up and then it all comes out in weird bursts um but yeah I just kind of wanted to to say there was something and um sharing it definitely lightened that load a little bit I'm definitely feeling better today not 100% because that's not it's just not where I'm at, but I am definitely feeling better. So anyway, on to the actual purpose, the, the topic of today's episode. Um, I was listening to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard last week. I actually stopped listening to this for quite a long time because they moved to Spotify and I was just like, I'm a technophobe now, refuse to download another app. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, I had listened to every single episode when it was on iTunes. I loved that podcast so much it's like an hour two hours full length really revealing conversations with people so interesting often about it's like a condensed um autobiography that's what it feels like and it's so self-helpy the whole thing is just it's often about addiction and upbringing and how we're um like learning and growing and trying to be better people I just it's completely my jam Anyway, I stopped listening to it for a long time because they moved to Spotify. Then I felt like I couldn't catch up, which is another one of my little things. I wanted to have listened to every single one and I felt like there had been too many. It would probably been two years since I'd listened. Then, because I still follow them on Instagram, I saw that they'd had Tom Hanks on and I was like, fine, I'll download Spotify. Um, Anyway, it was fantastic. So many great episodes recently that I would have missed out on. And I'm going back um, and forth and trying to like randomly pick the mountain and pick the ones that I have missed that I really really would have enjoyed and there's just not been a bad one there really hasn't anyway this past week he was interviewing Jeanette McCurdy and something he said really struck a chord he was referencing a comedian but I don't think he said which one I don't think he specified who had said this but he said something along the lines of and this was a quote 
I've been so busy trying to make other people like me that I don't know what I like. Which is just kind of like, I'm so all-encompassed. Is that a word? I'm so kind of like um, taken over with being worried about someone else's happiness, what they want and what they need me to be, that I actually don't know what I want to be. And that was like, whoa. I feel like that's been me in so many relationships. If you've ever seen Parks and Rec, there's an episode where Anne is selling all of the stuff from each of her relationships, which is a great episode anyway. Um, Parks and Rec, if you've never seen it, you should definitely watch it. I think it's on Netflix now. Um, Anyway, that's by the by. You definitely should. It's something between... Well, it's like... a. It's not a spin-off of The American Office, but it's got the same vibe and some of the same writers, creators, all that stuff. Um, anyway, that's by the by. So she's selling all of the stuff from her relationships and she's saying that she doesn't know who she is because she becomes a different person for each person that she's with. And the whole thing, um, her storyline of that season is that she's dating herself and she's like trying to figure out what she likes. Kind of reminds me of um, Runaway Bride where Julia Roberts is trying all the eggs because... Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what their names are in it and I can't remember. Richard Gere's character asks each of the husbands that she ran away from or fiancés that she ran away from how she likes her eggs. And they all said, same as me, like this. And she just kind of fit in with their lives. It's the same kind of thing. Who actually are you and how much of you is just based on the person that you're with? I've definitely been guilty of that. I think I'm a lot better now. As I get older... I'm definitely better. I I know of lots of people who kind of got to a certain age and was like, this is not who I want to be. Like, I don't want to do these things anymore. Just kind of almost put your foot down in your own life and say, no, I just want to do the things that I want to do. And I was very aware, I think earlier on, that I didn't want to be that way because I'd seen it happen to women that I knew later in life. And I thought, why? I don't want to wait until I'm like, 50, 60 to go, do you know what? I don't like doing this. <laughs> like, we'll stop doing it a lot earlier. That That's within your control. Um, so I do think that I am better, but it occurred to me that I think I did this with YouTube, with YouTube and just kind of this whole online thing. I found YouTube through beauty videos. And so I started a beauty channel and I'm not sure whether my passion came from the channel or the channel came from the passion. I was interested. I was so interested in like nails and hair and makeup and stuff, but not to the degree that I then became interested. And I will never know because I started my channel almost immediately. I found the beauty community and I found a very small pocket of it. I found um, a couple of people in the South in America and they were like so interesting to me. And I had no idea people in England were doing this. I just didn't even, I had no idea. I didn't find any of the big YouTubers. I wasn't like watching YouTube for months and months or years and years thinking, oh, I wish I could do this. None of that. It was just, oh, this is a really fun idea. I was out of work for the first time in my life. I had so much time on my hands. At this point, I was sharing custody with my daughter, with my daughter, with my ex-husband of my daughter. And I just didn't have anything going on at the time. It was just it was like the perfect storm really um (laughs) depending on how this all works out in the end and how I look back I think I'll have fond memories regardless of how it ends if it ends but it is a strange thing to look back on because so many things had to kind of align for me to start 
that whole thing. Um, anyway, I was looking for a particular uh, inspiration picture. The picture ended up being a video. I found the video. I found more of her videos. I found her talking about someone else's videos. And literally the next day I started a channel. Within 24 hours, I'd been like, well, what shall I call it? I just made up a name. I was like, this sounds catchy. And I hadn't got a job. So I was on a budget. And I just like boxed myself in. <laughs> Within 24 hours, there was... It's it's the perfect ADHD thing because it was so impulsive. Um, but I don't now know whether my interests changed and that's why my content changed over time. Or if I just kind of grew up and realized I'd like niched myself into that box and that wasn't really what I wanted to spend my life talking about. Like, don't get me wrong. I love makeup and skincare. I do. I love everything like vapid and vain and all of that. But I think if I'd been exposed to more YouTube but or rather more of YouTube, like more areas of YouTube. Before I started my channel, I probably would have chosen a different area to focus on. I don't know which one specifically. I mean, I, de- I would love to say travel, but I did not have the budget for travel. Um, I probably would have done like the mummy blogger thing, which would not have been good for me either because I would not have enjoyed that long term. Um, Vlogging in general, I think vlogging I found quite early on and I really enjoyed that. Uh, and that probably would have been, like, I would have just vlogged. Although, even looking back at that now, I think, well, that invites people into more of your life and it invites a lot more criticism and criticism that's a little bit harder to take than people just not liking your makeup videos. So, I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's so hard to know. Um, and another thing is with this online life that I've created, is all my social media is for this on- online persona and not my own personal life. I'm not sure if that's actually for the better because I've never had a real, like... I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of addicted to social media, but it's almost like the character of Michaela is on social media. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know if that's for the better or the worse, but it's just another realization that I've made. I've never had a personal Instagram and it's always been a job. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun job, but I'd imagine it's a different experience when you post just because you want to. Like there's no ulterior anything. Like it's only because you want to do it, not because you ever need to. Um, And knowing that your audience really knows you, like they're actually people who know you in real life. So you're not having to kind of censor yourself. You're not having to be concerned by oh you know will they take that the wrong way will they understand my meaning um it would be a completely different experience I think this all could just be like my mercury and retrograde crisis which I believe I'm going through right now but I definitely feel like I'm in like a period of transformation this year and so questions like this crop up and I'm like who am I who even am I I've spent 12 years of my life online and I'd like imagine it's kind of almost like an actor being on a long running show. Like you go to work and you're an idea of a person for however many hours a day. And this isn't to say that I'm not myself because I am, but I have to be a somewhat edited version of myself. I can't just be 100% candid and real because I have to protect myself. Even, even a small, tiny amount, I have to kind of hold a small piece of myself and my life and my family back just for me or or I think I'd probably just lose it completely especially when it comes to the criticism the more of yourself you hold back the more protected you are and the more you kind of feel you have a shield in that in that kind of regard you don't feel like the less people know the real you the less they can 
criticize the real you. If someone says, oh, well, I don't like this and I don't like that, you can just kind of, well, they don't know me. And they don't. It's very few people online that would really actually know me, but you kind of just know the me that I put out there. And sometimes that's not a me that I wish that I'd put out there. I did a vlog this past week that I posted yesterday and um, the whole time I was like, oh, do I want to post this on the internet? Like it's me talking about being hungover, sleeping in my makeup. Like, "Mm, do I want to project that as this is who I am? Because this is something that I can control. I can decide how I am portrayed on my channel, in my vlogs, on the internet. Is this the person I want to portray myself as? And the answer was yes, purely because this is the person that I am. Sometimes I'm really together. Sometimes I'm really organized, really productive. Sometimes I go to see Dawn French in Sheffield with my mom. We have too many drinks and I sleep in my makeup. That is just who I am. I'm not a perfect person. And I find a lot of solace in other people sharing stories like that because there's just so much perfection online so much perfection and there's so little like raw real life that that is the person that I want to be online but even so the whole time I'm like oh but do I want to should I edit that out should I censor myself so there is like a, a veil between the real me and the online me there is just like a little difference because there has to be there has to be but now I'm like how much of the real me in real life has been influenced by the edited me. I know for a fact that my like tone of voice, my cadence, my accent, those things are different now, even conversationally. Like I'm talking to you, I am, this is a performance of such, like I am trying to be clear. I have definitely changed the way that I enunciate and I, um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> even as I'm saying it right now, I'm not particularly uh, great at delivery. I am so incredibly jealous of people that I watch that are just really well-spoken and they just, they have all of the words right at their fingertips. Whenever they want to say something, it's just there. They just are like, I know exactly what I want to say. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm getting distracted because Lee's calling me and I'm wondering whether or not the whole time Lee was calling me, was that recording? I don't know. Because earlier on when I did a live and Lee was calling me, it went silent, so... Time will tell. You'll have to tell me if I just disappeared there. Um, And also, what was I just saying? Got it. Cadence, tone of voice. So, you know, I've changed the way that I I speak. I'm still very jealous of the people who can speak really eloquently and they've just kind of got the words. They are speaking and it just flows through them. I'm lots of ums, are well, maybe, I think, a little bit. Lots of that. Lots of verbal tics. Um, (laughs) Um... And conversationally, that's fine. But when it comes to YouTube or you're actually presenting information, it's not the most professional. And so the only thing that I could really change about myself was the way that I actually speak. And it wasn't necessarily intentional. I just kind of tried to become clearer over time. And for sure, this has impacted my actual conversational voice when I'm speaking even to my family. In certain instances, it it doesn't change anything at all. And in others, I am speaking like this which is not the way I used to talk. It's just not. And that's something that I altered for YouTube unintentionally. So I wonder like what else might have bled through? I wonder how much of my personality is based on a YouTube channel that I created because I watched someone make a beauty video in April, 2010. And then I unwittingly, unwittingly, like committed my entire life 
to this, I, I kind of was like, oh, I've seen this video. I'm going to do this thing. And I had absolutely no idea how much impact this was going to have on my life. Because it's enormous. It's been absolutely enormous. Bigger than any other job that I've ever had. Anyway, going back to relationships, because the YouTube of it all is so fascinating to me. It's like I've always said, I'm as real as I can possibly be, often to a fault. But there has to be an element of guardedness, even as tiny as it might be. And you just have to wonder how much of that is, how much of me is now YouTube me and how much of YouTube me is actually me. I don't even know anymore. So going back to relationships, I know my musical taste has been influenced by the boyfriends that I've been with, but I kind of always chalked that up to my upbringing. It was really eclectic. Like I was talking to Ellie the other day and I said, you can't even imagine, you know, oh, in my day I did the whole spiel. Um, you can't even imagine there was no streaming. If you wanted to listen to music, you had to have the CD. And I didn't have a lot of CDs. We didn't have a ton of money. And so I didn't have a lot of my own music to listen to. But my mum and dad had absolutely loads. They were music lovers. So I used to go and take CDs from their collection, which I can guarantee you right now, if you went into their CD collection, 50% of those CDs would not be in the cases. And the other 50% would be in the wrong cases. I am the worst. I remember all of the terrible things that I did as a teenager. And I try to... um, remember that when I'm angry at my teenager because teenager's gonna teenager is all I'm gonna say it's just the most annoying anyway my musical taste was really eclectic I was saying to her the music she's listening to right now because she is like in her formative years uh, is the music she's gonna want to listen to for the rest of her life that's just how it is like millennials are still listening to um well I say millennials but that is like 20 years but people who were born in the 80s are still listening to um, music from like the 2000s because that they were our formative years they were like they were the golden years of music for us but the music I listened to in my teens was so eclectic because most of it was my parents music so I like quite a lot of old-fashioned music as my, my family say um, old-fashioned music uh, Milo says it's music from the 1800s I tell you it is not but I always kind of thought that was what it was like I meet people, they introduce me to a kind of music and I'm like, oh, I really like this. And then I listen to it all the time. But now I look back, I don't know whether or not I really wanted to listen to, like, I didn't listen to Slipknot because I had a real heavy metal phase of boyfriends, but they were very into like Slipknot corn, that kind of thing. I wasn't so much into that, but I definitely had a Papa Roach album, um, Linkin Park. That was kind of as heavy as it got for me. And I loved it. Did I though? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I would listen to the, those albums again now because it's nostalgic, but I don't think that I would go out of my way to download more music in that style or more music from those bands, whereas I would do that for other musicians that I actually like, you know? So uh, was I just like, was that just for them? I think it probably was, realistically. I definitely chase approval and love, unfortunately. One of the things I found most interesting when researching ADHD was love bombing. I identify so much with that because I've experienced it so often. I meet someone, I want to be their best friend, or I want to marry them. I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I, this is why I'm a serial monogamist. It's the love bombing because I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we're going to be together forever. Whether it's a platonic friendship or a romantic relationship, it's just like forever immediately. 
Um, I overshare. I'm really, really full on. And I've been burned because of it. I have met up with people, especially people from online that I'm like, oh, I think we'd, we'd really get along. And um, I've, I've had what I thought was a great time. And then they just completely ghost me. That's only happened a, one or two times. Two times. But it really hurts because I'm not for everyone. I get it. But the rejection is real. I like understanding why I'm chasing that love has really helped me come to terms with the rejection. But another thing with ADHD is the sensitivity to rejection is insane. If you look it up, this is a thing. And it made a lot of sense to me once I learned about it. Not only do you desperately, desperately want the approval and the love, but when someone doesn't love you, or worse, is outright mean. It is soul destroying. I can't even explain. Like, of course that's soul destroying. Anyone's mean to you, it's, it's, it's hard to take. But especially like this, the rejection sensitivity, I was like, oh, oh, yes, of course, it all, it all makes so much sense. It's also really helpful to learn when trying to come to terms with like my inner workings. I can reframe encounters now and reactions and I know why they affected me so much. There are times where I'm like, why was I so upset by that? And now I know. And I can also prepare myself and sometimes even avoid those situations because I know my triggers and I know these things about myself. So is this why <laughs> I've molded myself to fit into different boxes for literally all of my life? I, I think it probably is. This is, it's all because I didn't want to be rejected. I wanted everyone to love me. I didn't really care or even may, maybe even know what I liked and what I wanted. All I wanted to do was be what other people liked and what other people wanted. Just so long as you love me, I will just be doing whatever you want me to do to continue to, to make that happen. Now I'm 36. I kind of just, I want to focus on what I want to be and what I love. I do appreciate that I am very, very lucky, given my my history with this, that some really genuine relationships have slipped through this toxic net over the years. Like I, how how that's even happened, I don't know. I should be surrounded by people who are, and I have, this has happened many times, but I should now just be left with a bunch of people who only want me to do the things that they want to do and are really controlling and really angry when I don't want to do the things that they want to do. Because I will have shown them that that's all I want to do. Like I, I was reading about um, how someone with ADHD uh, doesn't play well with someone who's a narcissist because a narcissist, like it seems like, <laughs> it seems like it's a perfect match at first. You both love bomb. Everything is going perfectly well. And then steadily the narcissist kind of just chips away at the other person with the ADHD because that person will do absolutely anything for their approval. And the narcissist wants more and more and more and more and only wants to to take things, but will never give the approval because they're so much more important. It's, it's just such an interesting um, and incredibly rich topic if you ever want to go down that path. But I should, in theory, just be surrounded by these people. And I'm not. I have a really amazing core group of friends and um, and obviously my family who love me for who I am and never make me feel like I have to kind of perform or be something that they need. 
Um, and I have a couple of friends who we are very into like self-development and stuff. And we'll talk about this quite often and, um, even kind of call each other out when we notice that we're doing certain things like, mm, you don't need to be doing that. Why are you doing that? Are you doing that? Cause you want to do it. Or are you doing that? Because you think somebody else wants you to do that. Cause you need to kind of catch yourself when you're doing it. And that's even better, but it's always there. It's always there regardless. I always want people to like me. I always, I'm going to chase that that approval, this is obviously why YouTube um, hit so hard for me because I was like, oh my God, what? I can post something and people will immediately, they can hit a like button and they can comment and I can get subscribers, which is just approval upon approval upon approval. People are literally subscribing to me. They are saying to me, we like you with a little click of a button. There is nothing more addictive than something like that for someone like me, truthfully. Um, But regardless of the fact that I know that it's there, if I have something you want, I want to give it to you because I want you to like me. It's never, ever, ever going to go away. I can be aware of it and it can help me in situations where the other person is taking advantage of me or maybe where I am feeling rejected and I go, well, do you know what? This is this situation and you don't need to feel this way because it's this. That really is useful for me. Um, But it it's never, ever, ever going to go away. I wanted to talk about this specifically because I like to touch on some of the ADHD things that I learned as I learned them. And that particular quote was like, oh, wow. And it spiraled off in these all these different directions where I suddenly was like, oh my God, oh my God, it all makes sense. And I wanted to share because I know some of you follow me um, or some of you that do follow me are feeling the same way about like, oh, wow, I feel like I kind of resonate with some of these symptoms. Maybe this is something that I'm um, identifying with as well. And it's very, very difficult to be diagnosed. It doesn't matter if you are self-diagnosing yourself and you are finding some benefit in that you are finding, um, that you are able to kind of work through some stuff that maybe was more difficult without, whether it's true or not, whether you've actually got ADHD, whether you've actually got whatever it is that you're self-diagnosing yourself with, as long as you are using those lessons to kind of improve yourself and make your life easier, and you're not using those lessons and using those labels to be like, well, everything's the worst and nothing's ever going to get better. But I don't see any negative side effects to that at all. It's all about improvement and just making things easier for ourselves. Anyway, I'm going to get going because I need to go and meet my dad, but also because about 15 people have driven past my car, just like real evil eyes because I'm sitting in a car park that they want this space. So thank you for joining me again. I will uh, be back. Well, whenever I'm back, Because as I said, very early on in this podcast journey, I'm just going to upload when I feel like uploading. I know I uploaded yesterday, but I feel like uploading again today. So I'm back. You're welcome.